Ja, hello, dear listeners of the Education Newscast. Here now another education episode. And this time I'm very pleased to have a international guest from the UK. And uh, it's Vaipi Lai from GP Strategies. And today we want to talk about technology adoption. Uh, yeah, and in the pre-discussion we found out we have a lot of similarities, a lot of uh, joint friends, but unfortunately we never met, now just virtually, as we record uh, the podcast now. So, uh, Vaipin, could you briefly just uh, please introduce yourself, let's say what your journey was so far? Oh, thank you, Thomas, and uh, thank you for the invite. So, uh, my name is Waybin Lai. Uh, I'm the sales director at GP Strategies for two service lines, which is enterprise technology, technology adoption and also the tech sector lead for, for EMEA. So, my journey into uh, you know this space has uh, been for the best part of sort of 20 years now. So, I I joined a company called Enlight uh, KS, uh, which uh, subsequently was acquired by Tatango. And, uh, you know, for those uh, within an industry, uh, that you know, morphed into WPB and now what we know as SAP Enable now, which is SEN. But during the last you know, decade and a half, two decades, I've worked for a variety of the sort of key players in terms of platforms on learning technologies, user adoption, and now, you know, what we know with DAP or DAS tools, uh, both from a platform you know, license perspective and also from a services delivery perspective. And of course, over that period of time, I've been involved with some of the larger enterprise you know, transformation programs, user adoption programs uh, across the globe. So yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Thanks so much. Yeah, and today we also have Christoph uh, in the podcast, my co-pod host. Uh, hi, Christoph. Uh, hi to Hamburg. Good morning, Thomas. Hello. And great to have you, Wybin. <laughs> pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah. And uh, Christoph, or perhaps for the first questions, I just hand it over to you. I think perhaps we first look at what, what is adoption uh, of all. I think it's a more abstract concept. The word in itself doesn't explain it, what it fully it, uh, it is, uh, at least not, let's say, in German. I don't know if it's in English, if it's, if it's uh, similar, but perhaps we can look at that first. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. Thank you, Thomas. And um, yeah, we, we could start with myself asking some questions to you, Wybin, because um, we have something in common, and that's also this end-user enablement background and working with uh, SAP Enable Now. So um, I'm not only in the role today of um, yeah of the co-host uh, of Thomas and in this podcast, I'm also a little bit of an expert in in this um, yeah adoption topic, especially SAP software adoption. So it's great to have you again. As Thomas already said, the um, definition of adoption, um, the term adoption is a little bit vague and um, could you maybe describe it a little bit more detailed what you understand under technology adoption? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So, I, I mean, to your point, Thomas, earlier, you know, if you, the, the term performance support is very ambiguous, right? You know, if you Google it, if you're pitching it, if you're talking about it, people People, you know, are scratching their heads. So, you know, in my world, you know, performance support or user adoption really pivots around, you know, a trigger point or a competing event. And it's normally, you know, an ERP rollout, a large scale multinational type rollout. And it's, 
in today's world, with the, the emergence of technology, uh, particularly again with the, the DOP tools, you know, digital adaption solu- uh, adoption solutions and, and the DOP tools, um, it's it's around this notion of you know self service on demand. It's around equipping users of you know learning the moment of need uh, and this notion of you know we, the world has changed. You know when we went to school 20, 30 years ago, it was you know what we would define as chalk and talk. Uh, you had your lecturer or your teacher at the front, and you learned, and then you went through a Skype test. And it's it's a question whether how how well you remembered the, the, those learning interventions. But of course, in today's world, uh, there's so much noise. Uh, the frequency of updates of technology processes, uh, you know, this agile approach. So it, your notion of performance support or user adoption is is much more. Yeah, there needs to be more rigor, you know, a single source of truth. And, you know, what I see in the marketplace now is that the technology has caught up and you now do, you know, including, you know, uh, the SEN tool set have this ability to have embedded real time moment of need, moment of apply. So it's still an emerging term, but I think with it's been a disruptive market, certainly over the last three or four years. And the term of, you know, DAS or DAP, digital adoption platform tools, is widely recognized now. And certainly from a commercial perspective, we're seeing that organizations and large enterprises have acknowledged that, you know, it's got a seat at the top table. And we're seeing more and more global RFPs going out from large organizations looking for such, you know, uh, technologies, innovations and, and you know, ecosystems within the learning and design within organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And as we, we are currently yeah, more or less in the middle of something that we call um, digital transformation, which goes along w- with a lot of innovations, uh, especially in technology and especially in software, of course, as well. What is the role of this learning in the moment of need or um, yeah, adoption platforms um, in this domain? I, I think it's, uh, it's it's critical because I think the days that uh, are gone where you would buy a very large ERP system, it would take several years to to get you know, that plugged in, and then you know the vendor or, or supplier would know that that system would stay you know, dormant for a good five to seven years. Those days are gone with the intervention of you know the SaaS and the dependencies of upgrades internal upgrades have gone yeah that control element has gone because you know whether you're a salesforce user or an s4hana user etc those release cycles those updates are done and they are scheduled every year and you don't necessarily have that control so how do you then quarterback all that content you know and you know with standardizations of content now uh we're seeing less customization right you do uh you do an upgrade but your updates are are progressive throughout the year Uh, so that frequency of changes is, is is real now, and you know we we as users of many many technologies now as, as see that where uh, you know the user interfaces are, for the most part are much more intuitive because you know if if they're dependent on a lot of training, then you would argue that 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 vendor or the UI has failed. But yeah, I mean it takes a major part, and again it goes back to my my story or you know this hypothesis was that you know we're now tethered to our mobile phones and smart devices. Um, and the way we retrieve content and data and knowledge is, is vastly different from a decade ago. You know, we know within a very short period of time, uh, depending whether it's on a, a browser or an app or a knowledge base, we can find the right content at the right time and apply that 
uh, opposed to you know tricking you know uh, bits of e-learning or whatever the modality is so it's it's becoming part of our behavior and, and also part of our culture because we're very very demanding as well you know if we don't find something in two clicks or te- uh, 10 seconds or we don't find it on the first page of google we lose interest mm-hmm. and it's very much this tiktok uh you know, generation you know my kids use it yeah and you, you know each video is 10 15 seconds maybe half a minute uh, and then you know they swipe up and then the you know, next point of interest is up so yeah, I, I believe that performance support, this moment of need, uh, you know, bite size, uh, you know, precisely where you are and, you know, an analogy of knowing exactly where you are as a sat-nav is, is, is very, very relevant. Maybe getting a little bit more concrete then after you, you, you gave us this bigger picture, what kind of onboarding and continuous training um, do the end users for software finally um, need today so what should this um, be on on the on the content side you mentioned uh, the formats like um, having something like tiktok so short videos on the other hand we see um, this development or this area of podcasts they work um, just uh, in the in the other way they they last hours sometimes and it works perfectly so people are free or they have to full control to say when and how long they listen to a podcast and so formats of duration of a couple of hours even work and from the content um, offering side what, what do you think is really really important there Well, I think it depends on the user case, right? So if we're looking at your traditional uh, ERP or systems-based training, then I think the bite-size modality is best because what you don't want to do is if a certain colleague is stuck at, uh, at you know, in the middle of a process, what he or she doesn't want to do is then trigger a 15-minute e-learning because uh, they may be on a, a call with a customer and they need to not necessarily learn at that moment of need, but just execute the task. So you know, a role of a, a, a DAS platform is not necessary to, to learn new things or, or, or about training. It's about I'm here, it's mission critical or time critical, and I need to complete this task. And it goes to the other extreme whereby in terms of the competencies for your role, you're, you know, we're all familiar with the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve. So if you go on a six or seven hour training course, whether it's you know, ILT, VILT or whatever, you're, you're not you're not going to remember everything that was taught to you that day, particularly around sequential steps and processes and so on and so forth. So it's about um, b- providing the right uh, guidance at that, uh, that time. And, and of course, some people favor uh, you know, help guides. Some people favor video. Some people favor e-learning. And we need the invention of, you know, something like Web Assistant. Uh, it takes it to the next level, right? It's, it, it's on embedded in a live application intelligently knows where you are and then it allows the user to then pick and choose what uh, learning intervention he or she needs in order to complete that task mm. yeah i like very much the first point you you made there that it's not the people's task to learn they have other tasks they want to perform and learning is just something that they need on their way to complete the task and it's not their main thing that they are focusing on that's that's really good and getting maybe some one level um, even more concrete um, do you have from your experience some best practices to share how businesses and and companies uh, successfully yeah introduce new technologies uh, to their 
end users mainly? So in, in my experiences, uh, especially over the last 10 years, you know, I think everybody in this call and everybody in our field, particularly on the DAS side, you know, we've been ambassadors or evangelists around performance support. You know, Gloria Garrett, she, she talked about EPSS, you know, employment performance support back in the 90s. Uh, so so that um, it's, it's been around for decades. And I think um, the technology now is an enabler in order to allow, uh, you know, particularly web-based uh, applications in my world uh, for, for that real-time rich experience where, you know, it's either a signpost technology, an overlay, or, you know, what I would define as a white glove, a butler. You know, it takes your hand and it guides you through the sequences in order to complete the task. So, the companies that have, have executed this most successfully haven't tried to bowl the sea. They haven't, uh, from a strategic level, said, okay, we're rolling out a new platform. It's going to answer all your questions. And uh, as of Monday, you will have a new icon or a new help icon uh, in the system. And when you press it, you'll get this utopia of content, you know, this Google of content. The, the reality is it's not there because uh, all these systems are only as good as the content you put behind it. And with that, particularly around manufacturing compliance, FDA, there, there's rigor and compliance and governance that needs to be factored in. You know, who's going to be the main quarterback that makes sure that the content is there, make, uh, you know, ratifies that the, uh, the, S, uh, the, you know, the SOPs are correct, the processes are correct, and so on and so forth. So the, the projects that I've seen that have been most successful take on board many facets of change management, to, you know, buy-in from key stakeholders, Obviously, the technology is an enabler, and then um, yeah, the sustainability. You know, who puts the content together? How, how does it uh, hang together? Who maintains that content to make it meaningful? Because again, it comes down to experience. You know, if you and I download a free app, but we don't get the experience we want, we'll invariably not use it, not use that service, or delete the app. And it's similar for everything that we're doing in our lives today. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and perhaps also a comment to that. But what I see next to the technology. I think that many people, not only in the training or HR function, they, they have seen that formal training isn't the answer to all things around knowledge transfer, learning, competency building. In some cases, perhaps formal setting makes sense. Uh, in some cases, like what you mentioned, like uh, to help someone to perform a task in a system, it's it doesn't make any sense because people forget it and it's uh, much way out of the context uh, so it's much better to do performance support but on the other side of course performance support or built-in learning isn't the answer on everything yeah but i think i think it's just got up more diversified the whole different methods and approaches and i think uh, and i hope this is more and more reflected uh, that uh, yeah, yeah, and just to add to that, Thomas, I mean, you know, we're all familiar with the 70 2010 rule, and you know that mm. can apply in most instances. But you know, if you look at the five moments needed by Bob Mosier, you know, he addresses you know key uh, pillars in terms of learning. It's then inverted for you know and designed and calibrated around the moment of need, right? And it and again, it caters for all the modalities, whatever format you want, whether you want video audio yeah you know, it, it just caters in and it that's just a design format um uh question but you're absolutely right i don't not technology will not be the the silver bullet here it's an enabler yeah and it, it depends on each user case in terms of what the the uh, enterprise wants from a company perspective 
Yeah. And another framework what I like is also crossing the chasm or the diffusion theory. And it's coming more from startups and uh, IT uh, uh, from that side. But it also perfectly illustrates that... Uh, It's not. It doesn't make that much sense to have this uh, Gauss uh, curve and waiting until uh, the early adopters uh, uh, went through a process and learned something with the right technology. You you also can can uh, motivate or enable the laggards and the big mass uh, to to perform something. And because otherwise, in our today's fast-paced world, uh, you can't cross the chasm. You you just uh, are stuck in with the first. But that's 15% or so. And that's not good if you pay millions for a new process of new business model or new software. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Another, um, you know, uh, benefit of, of these uh, platforms are, you know, closer, you know, uh, speed to market impact quality and, and um, you know, governance. So what we've seen in terms of ROI is that mm. uh, organizations are able to equip their, their users in terms of user adoptions with these technologies very you know, much closer to the go-live date, right? Not not four, six weeks before they flick the switch where a vast majority of people will forget it. They can train a week or two before and then the more uh, randomly used or exotic processes that perhaps you and I would only use once a quarter or once a year, don't train them. It's, what's the point? And, and just equip them with um, the ability to pull down on that learning intervention and then complete that task, you know, whether it's, you know, twice a year, once a year. So we're seeing that in play now as well. And I think organizations are identified that you don't have to go tra put a training curriculum together for your, you know, entire competencies, uh, 90, you know, 90% of what you need on your, your job and try and compress it in a one week training course, you know, because you're just not going to forget it. And then invariably processes change or role changes because um, the churn of organization, churn of roles is I think 30, 40%. Is pretty high, so absolutely. All right, yeah. Um, so perhaps we even can make it a little bit more concrete and look at what what you're doing in in your uh, context in your company, GP Strategies. So perhaps you can describe a little bit, let's say, what uh, yeah, what you do there in terms of adoption and what the experience there is. This would be great. Yeah, my pleasure. So, so GP Strategies, we're a global workforce transformation company. So we've been around since the late 60s and we serve approximately 140 of the Fortune 500 companies. So we have you know, several practices, but the practices that I, you know, and the team that I work with, uh, we, we're laser focused on user adoption. So the trigger points are, you know, your SAP, you know, your, your ERP, CRM type initiatives where there are swathes of um, you know, new systems going in uh, geographically it's, it's global we've got multiple language sets um, you know different data sets in terms of the databases and so on and so forth so those large chunky transformation programs uh, and particularly with the, the migration to, to the cloud as well now that that's where our sweet spot is uh, it's not to say we don't do the small to medium size stuff but you know gp Given our global presence, you know our certified benches uh, and our pedigree, uh, that's where we bring most value, you know, quality and impact to our customers. And you know, we safe harbor those projects for them, you know, because we have the global reach and, and uh, as I say, the expertise and best practice. Uh, I think on the SAP arena, we've done something like twelve thousand projects over the last couple of decades. And so, in the end, you build or modify performance support content 
do end user training or that's what but, uh, but also do change management i guess so that's what it boils down to or in the end or exactly so we do the yeah. ocm side of things we do the you know heavy lifting in terms of creating all the content you know, where that how that all hangs together uh, obviously we've got um, domain experts around processes as well and then we develop a uh, methodology for sustainment but that's all underpinned by technology uh, learning technologies like sen where uh, yeah they are for me they're critical on any project success because of the optimization the lack of duplication and again the single source of truth right you know where you've got this uh, governance workflow and a central repository where all your knowledge sits and then it could be you know either mandatory for you know success factors or your preferred lms or indeed you you equip them with you know, something like uh, the unified web assistant desktop assistant where you go to one point one experience to pull down any learning intervention that a user will require in order to complete their task and uh, could you share any actionable tips with our listeners so where they could start with improving their adoption of course everyone probably is on a different maturity stage how far they do already practice performance support but uh, say out of your experience so what, what would be some tips uh, for our listeners yeah i mean performance support is quite broad right thomas so i've seen you know we've, mm. we've had conversations so it's, oh yeah we're on the performance support journey you know we, we've got a sharepoint up and everybody just you know just <laughs> uh yeah dumps everything in there and then we we've got hard links and we push it out so and, and that's a their flavor of performance support um for me It's, it's a, an event, a trigger, uh, whether it's, again, sorry, low point, a, a big rollout or something that's critical to the, the business where you're trying to mitigate errors, you're trying to mitigate help desk calls, and you're trying to drive, um, you know, a positive experience to use adoption and, you know, improve attrition. Um, you know, you don't want people, yeah, first touch point on any application or process to say, well, it just doesn't work. So it's 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 taking baby steps, and it goes back to my point: not not a big bang. But I think it's really really important. It's like any tool or platform; it, uh, it it's only as good as the content you put in it. So just buying a tool is not enough. Uh, you need a whole ecosystem of subject matter experts, authors, uh, and specialists in terms of the designs that really make it work and sing. And that's that's the tip I would give to organisations embarking on this journey. You know, it's not. Uh, just that technology solves the problem. Um, you, you need this industrialization of the content and some rigor behind it in order to really make, uh, you know, match those business outcomes uh, that you want in, in terms of you know, implementing such a such a platform. So like also to establish the relevant roles uh, behind like what you mentioned and uh, processes. All right. And um, perhaps we you, you mentioned SEN, Uh, already, I don't know if all listeners uh, know the acronyms. You know, in the in the SAP ecosystems, there are thousands of acronyms. Uh, SEN means SAP Enable Now. Uh, that's uh, authoring tool from SAP in our environment, where you, where you can let's say modify, create learning content, but also uh, uh, performance support content, uh, which is built in natively actually already in our systems, yeah, like S for HANA or success factors. So uh, I I know that you also uh, 
that you guys are also certified into that and you yeah, perhaps you can describe a little bit what you're doing uh with, with this one so probably similar to what you mentioned but just in sap rollouts you, you support customers with the built-in content with the content strategy and so on or exactly so we uh we were very earlier adopter um you know uh, on this program called you know, partner manager cloud pmc model and to for us it was it was Uh, you know, a natural choice, given that it's SAP's own education tool, it's its own IP. It's as you say, Thomas. It's embedded, particularly around the, the S4 HANA estate and the uh, the web uh, applications. And you know, it's a world class tool. It's you know, there should be no. You know, it should give customers the comfort that uh, any new revisions or any new updates on SAP will be uh, captured precisely through SEN. So for us, we. We've been a PMC partner for a couple of years uh, and we've rebranded it uh, as GPYs. So given that we're a services focused business, uh, but we wanted to be or underpin the technology uh, with SEN and with the best of breed, we've rebranded GPYs, which is a fully managed SEN uh, offering. So it really caters for these um, uh, the customers that don't have a bench of SEN consultants. Um, that don't uh, have the expertise or the OCM knowledge to uh, take on some of these larger uh, transformation programs or user adoption programs. So it, it allows them to safe harbor and outsource through uh, an approved certified partner like GP Strategies on a, a PMZ model where you know we, on an OPEX side, not a CAPEX in terms of additional licenses and consideration, they have... Uh, you know, an OPEX offering or proposal from us that caters both for a licensing perspective, a hosted licensing consideration, but also uh, duration, development, and maintenance of the content as well, uh, right through to be you know BAU. So that's that's what GPYs is. Um, you know, we're super excited to be part of the PMC uh, ecosystem, and it's been very very well received in the conversations that we've had. Yeah, and it's a very interesting point maybe briefly to add what what i hear now listening to you is the importance of having customized content for customers that really applies to their needs mm -hmm. and as sap for example with the web assistant that is a the part of um, uh, Enable Now that is um, embedded in the cloud solutions, we offer already um, yeah, a certain amount of standard content, but this is only considered as a kind of, of starting point. Therefore, what you just said, I think that makes absolutely sense that um, there is the need for this competence to get it really more, yeah, more, more customized. Even though, if you don't have the uh, enable now competencies in your enterprise, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was also a long time a question of customers and partners to get access to all the let's say learning content, especially for end users. And what we have now with this model, I think not now it's possible. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, on on GPYs, it really dovetails really well with the initiative that SAP are running. Right. So, you know, rise with SAP, you know, focus on um, user adoption and, and renewals and also the lace campaigns as well, you know, land, adopt, consume and expand. And, and you're right, Christoph. I mean, what we've seen is uh, it's great and it's a unique value proposition that there is some standard content already within the platform. But 
for the most part, that's, you know, it's not all of it. It doesn't cover it all because there will still at this stage be customizations in, in uh, you know, each instance and, and each business model. It's, it's, it's about putting the customer first on the PMC. So it, it just gives a good outlet and a good option for customers when um, they don't have the capabilities in-house or indeed their commercials are already dialed in in terms of license considerations. And it's really focused around uh, ensuring that that project is successful. Mm. So because, you know, SEN, uh, the, the, uh, the SAP guys are hard programmed to sell enterprise licenses, but in some instances it's not covered. So this is a, a, you know, a very easy silver bullet for organizations to say, well, actually, you know, we've got a certified partner. Um, you know, whether it's GP or any, any other PMC partner, to say you know they, they, there's rigor and process around ensuring quality with the SEN certification. So you know we've got a tick in that box. We've got 20 plus years experience around these types of transformations. Uh, we've got you know, huge pedigree around that, and it's um you know everybody's got tight timelines and, and and budgets, and it's it's you know providing that optional outlet to say okay you know we can't do it in-house we'll, we'll take this route or route uh, because you know it, it will save harbor us in terms of that initiative all right so you uh, at the end of the podcast we always ask some personal questions about your personal development uh, so before we come to that uh, do you have any questions or christoph do you have do you have any final remarks regarding adoption adoption strategies Brilliant. So uh, a question from my side, um, given, you, you know, I know SAP are um, really pushing and promoting you know, Rise with SAP and the LACE campaigns. Um, would you say that's put more focus on and importance on user adoption uh, within SAP as a, an organization um, you know, to, to make sure that customers, you know, meet their Uh, business outcomes and ultimately renewals on the SaaS model? Definitely, I would say um, it, it is really um, a very important focus because the end user adoption is really driving all this adoption of uh, our technologies on customer side, of course. And um, with the web assistant of SAP Enable Now that provides all this um, contextual performance support and learning topics that we, we were talking uh, about before, the fact that this goes really more and more in all of our main cloud solutions, such as S4HANA, but also success factors and others, um, this really shows that it is a um, strategically important point to get um, this performance support experience in the same way across the different solutions. And perhaps uh, to add that, for those of you who don't know RISE, so RISE is a, I would say it's a complete cloud offering, not only consisting out of software, it's also in com uh, having services as part of it. So let's say I would call it a concierge offering really uh, hassle-free for customers and uh, what we have in there uh, is that also learning hub like learning for the project team is integrated uh, like some licenses uh, also learning journey so this is more for the sap experts and what christoph mentioned and this is already something but we promote since years is that end user learning content is now part of all the Uh, software offerings uh, like uh, especially like standard 
uh, tutorials, standard uh, uh, guided tours, and, and, and so on is all part. Uh, so you don't need to build it extra. You just can modify it. So I think uh, that's a lot of investment, of course. And even perhaps just to add that, finally, uh, we at uh, SAP training, so formerly our our name was SAP Education, and now we renamed uh, last year. Probably not everyone recognized, uh, because in such big companies, there's a lot of stuff going on. But we uh, renamed uh, our brand, which is now SAP Training and Adoption. Uh, so that also shows, yeah, training is one piece, but the outcome, uh, adoption, uh, especially of product training, uh, that's very important, and we invest quite a, a lot of uh, into that. So short question, long answer. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Thank you for the answer. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Wybin. So what we usually do and uh, also we would like to do that here in the podcast is to ask uh, everyone some more personal questions. So perhaps we can look a look about a look into that, uh, Wybin. So so uh, what was your la latest learning experience uh, lately, which was really helpful for you? So can you share anything? Uh, I mean, my <laughs> joking aside, homeschooling is, is quite a challenge. So that's, <laughs> that's probably yeah. a learning experience in its own. So um, what I've learned from that is, you know, how uh, the learning strategies and the tactical stuff now from when I went to school 20, 30 years ago is, is vastly different. So um, I, I haven't given enough credit to my kids. You know, they're, they're learning uh, in you know, quite extreme circumstances with, with the lockdown, with virtual schooling, et cetera. So, Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we as parents, as all parents, you know, that, that's been a learning curve for us, just trying to adjust to this new normal. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're, we're at the end of that now with um, hopefully with relaxations of of lockdown. And, and uh, you know, certainly in the UK, with schools potentially opening in, in the early March uh, time frame. Mm -hmm. So, but from a professional perspective, uh, you know, GP, Yeah, we very much drink our own champagne. So with my role now, uh, you know, developing on my leadership skills, you know, have a vis better visibility and collaboration with which such a large organization is, it's a constant learning curve, a treadmill. So I'm you know, very much enjoying that part of the business. So is this, is this on your learn list, to learn list this year, leadership skills? Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, that's something mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, I'd like to call out. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's happening. Uh, you know, it's, it's not just about prescribed courses etc which we do have uh, but it's just you know it's it's learning in real time because like with all large organizations we're adjusting to to, to covid uh, you know it's about operational hygiene efficiencies and so on and so forth so we're on you know we're we're going through that journey like most organizations uh, to, to to be agile and competitive all right and what sources can you let's say recommend uh, you find helpful what you can share perhaps now regarding leadership but also in general around adoption like i don't know podcasts blogs websites whatever books perhaps even yeah i mean broadly speaking I mean, the, the book i'm reading right now is it's it's called playing to win it's uh, by roger martin and it's um it's about strategy so you know how to really make strategy work for you um so you know it's it's uh, you know a series of decisions that you make but um yeah that's that's what i've got um you know on the bedside table right now and i'm going through that and i was recommended by a very good friend of mine um but yeah i, th I think i've mentioned 
uh, so, some of the key things that have influenced me, you know, Bob Mosier, you know, a, a very, very strong um, evangelist in, in the US and his methodologies as well. Uh, I think I called out Gloria Gary in, in terms of, you know, being one of the first to, to bring EPSS or performance port to, to the table in terms of corporate as well. And in the 70 2010, I think you know, all, all of those have um, influenced and made an impact in terms of you know, how, how we're, we're, we're taking it. And of course, there's a new disruptive breed of technologies, including the SEN, uh, that are, are changing things because the technology is caught up. You know, the theory and the hypothesis has been there for many years, but we're seeing it in action now. And, uh, you know, the, the innovation that's been brought in, the unification in terms of, you know, uh, knowledge bases, trawling capabilities and so on and so forth. It's a super exciting time to be in this field right now. All right. And where can people find more information about you and your teams? So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, normal channels for us. So, uh, of course, you know, we've got a brand new website and you can find uh, find out a little bit more what we do as, uh, as an organization, particularly around, um, you know, enterprise technology adoption. Uh, and as all, all professionals, I'm on LinkedIn, etc. So you'll be able to find me through for those normal channels. All right. We link that in the show notes so people can reach out to you if they have any questions or so. All right, so I think this would be it from, from my side. Christoph, mm -hmm. any last words? Um, famous last words? No. Um, first of all, uh, Wybin, thank you so much for sharing all these insights with us. And um, yeah, what I would say to, to you, dear listeners uh, of our podcast, if you are interested in more SAP topics especially, then you should just go to open .sap.com slash podcast and there you find around about 19 or 20 podcasts dealing with um, uh, uh, yeah very different SAP related topics so um, you really have the choice um, these days already and uh, there's still more to come so I would really encourage everyone to take a look at that because it's a really nice source of SAP knowledge. Thomas. Last words from your side. <laughs> <laughs> Last famous words. Just say thank you for your time. Uh, thanks, Vibin. Thanks, dear listeners. Thanks, Christoph. So, hearing you next Monday or next time whenever you listen to the podcast. We are always happy if you share the podcast or like it, like on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we hope that you found it interesting. I think this wasn't the first time we talked about uh, the topic, but I think it's a very important one and it's important to have different point of views. So thanks for that, Vaibin. And yeah, so having said that, yeah, just want to say thanks and bye-bye. Pleasure. Many thanks. Bye. Bye.